Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 232. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Well, today is Listener Question Friday. It's one of my very favorite things to do, and we have kind of a long, involved question from Dana, but a really good question, and I think there's a lot of nuggets of information to learn in her question. Her question is really about paying cash or investing and when to decide to pay cash or use credit to pay off credit cards, etc. So let me let me read her question to you and then we'll go through the logic behind how to decide what to pay off first. So Dana asks, Linda, there are several things we want to do this year and we are wondering about the best use of our funds to do so. The first thing they want to do is consolidate some miscellaneous credit card debt or pay it off. It's around $8,000. They also want to update their home, do some renovations, small-scale projects like painting, lighting, window treatments, about $5,000. They have upcoming medical expenses for the birth of a child. That's exciting, Dana. Congratulations. That's about $3,000 based on the maximum that they have to pay out-of-pocket per policy. And number four is upcoming first installment of a property tax bill, which is $4,500. So several pretty good size uh, expenses there. And she's wanting to know what to use to pay it off. So she has the following sources to draw from. Number one, cash. She has enough to pay off all of the above and still have 12 months worth of total monthly expenses in cash savings. Good for you. Good job. Number two, she has credit. She has several rewards points cards, credit cards, with an average interest rate of 11 to 15%. Number three, she's got a home equity line of credit and access to $32,000 on that from their existing home equity line of credit at four and a quarter percent interest, which is an interest only loan. Number four, she could sell some securities from her brokerage account. She's got $58,000 in non-retirement investment accounts that she could sell some shares. And number five, she's got a federal tax refund coming about eight to $9,000. So she wants to know, are there advantages or disadvantages to doing the above via one form of payment or another? My personal comfort level is to keep plenty of cash accessible. I have allocated several different savings accounts specifically for taxes, home improvements, travel, etc., and can pull from those. Income will vary, so I'm not really counting on using our income for these items as it will just be used for our regular recurring monthly expenses. Okay, well, there's a lot of meat in here, and I want to get to all of it. 
But first, what I want to do is I want to prioritize the payments. So when you have a question like this, you want to look at what is the most important payment for you to pay first? Now, originally, I wanted to attack those credit cards first. I was really dying to put that as my number one priority, but I had to change it, and I'll tell you why. I changed it to property taxes being the number one priority, and the reason I did was because of the consequences of not paying property taxes. The consequences of not paying property taxes would be a lien on your property, and that would be an IRS lien specifically, and that's not a good thing. So we don't want to do that, and so this is a must-do. There's no wiggle room here. We've got to put this as the first priority because the consequences of not paying this particular bill are too steep. The second thing that has the most consequences is the birth of your child. You can't put that off. It's happening. So that's something that is a must-do, and you will have medical expenses, and so you must allocate that $3,000 of maximum costs that you uh, said your policy doesn't cover. The third thing, then, I would look at would be the credit card debt. Because you had those two non-negotiables ahead of the credit card debt, it had to become priority number three, even though I was really itching to make it priority number one, Uh, specifically because the interest rates on credit card debt are so high that when you pay them off, it's the same as earning that as a guaranteed rate of return. So if you're paying off credit card debt, At 11% or 15%, it's actually like you're guaranteed to earn 11 or 15% by paying off that debt. So I really wanted to put that as priority number one, Dana, but I just couldn't. I had to put it as priority number three. Number four priority is going to be the remodeling. Of course, that has to be the last priority because it's totally objective, it's totally you know, you can totally have wiggle room as to when to do it or when not to do it. And so I had to put remodeling as the last priority. Okay, once you've prioritized all of your spending needs, then you want to look at how to prioritize how to pay those spending needs. So first of all, uh, we want to look at how we're going to pay for these things. So Number one, the tax, well, let me back up. The way to look at and decide how to pay for things and how to prioritize what to pay for things is to look at what is the lowest opportunity cost. What is going to cost you the least opportunity cost? In other words, for example, number one would be the uh, Opportunity cost is where could you earn more money elsewhere? Or if you're if you already have it invested, how much can you earn having it invested? How much can you earn having it in a savings account, a brokerage account, etc.? Well, in this case, the cash flow from your refund check would have the absolute lowest opportunity cost because it's coming back in cash flow and it hasn't even been invested yet. So that is going to be your number one priority that you're going to use. So you're going to use that eight to $9,000 to pay your taxes and pay your medical expenses, which totals $7,500. So that means you're going to have an extra $500 to $1,500 
left over from your tax refund, and that can go right to that credit card debt. And again, that's important because that's that was your third priority of what to pay off, and that, again, is like earning 11 to 15% return by paying off that credit card debt. The savings account, the money in savings only gets you a 1% return being in a savings account. And then you've got the home equity line of credit for emergencies, which you really only want to use that in case of emergency. Some people might be tempted to tell you to shift your credit card debt to the HELOC, but I'm not going to recommend that because... Uh, We're in a rising interest rate environment, and that could actually increase your costs quite a lot. And you're also going from one form of debt to another. I really see the opportunity for you to wipe out total consumer debt, and I think you would be better served to wipe out the debt rather than to transfer it to a HELOC. I think this is just a dangerous time to be transferring to an interest-only form of a loan when we have rising interest rates coming. You also want to stay out of debt for the remodel. So you want to use cash in your savings account or do things slowly from your income in phases. So for example, you could do some DIY projects. Maybe you do the painting yourself of uh, whatever painting you want to do. Take the time to shop for some really good bargains on lighting, get a discount uh, on those, buy them on sale, or get them from a discount warehouse or something. And then you can do the window coverings after that. So you want to shop smart, get good prices, and you have really the timing that you can decide when you want to do that remodeling. So what about your comment about you like having lots of cash around? Well, I think having lots of cash around can actually do you a disservice. And it can because, number one, you're not really earning any interest on that. Maybe you're getting 1%, but you know, at 1%, it's going to take you 72 years to double that money. So you're not really foregoing much to give up the cash in a, a checking or savings account. Number two, I think having a lot of cash around can falsely make you feel like you have a lot more money than you do. Here you have some significant debt that you need to get rid of. And if you have too much cash around, you can see that sitting in the bank and feel like, oh, I can go spend more because I have all this cash. And it can sort of give you a false view when you have debt and you have that cash. So I would use the cash to pay off the debt. The good news is, in your example, you really didn't have to because you can use your tax refund to pay off uh, some of your credit card debt, and then you can use the rest of your cash to pay the balance of that. So you get at least a start on that with your tax refund, which is good news. The nice thing is you have the home equity line of credit, and that gives you access to liquidity quickly in case of an emergency, and that's really the only time you should use the home equity line of credit is in case of a dire emergency. So I would stay out of debt, and I would use your cash, but just to review, what I think you should do is I should think I think you should use your tax refund to pay your taxes and your medical expenses then use the rest of that tax refund to start attacking the credit card debt, then use your cash to pay off the rest of your credit card debt, your savings, etc., and don't touch your home equity line of credit, don't touch your investment account, which, by the way, your investment account has the opportunity to earn you 
or even better, potentially. So once you have money invested, you want to keep it invested. You never want to sell money from your investment accounts if you can help it at all. Of course, if you you had something terrible happen, that's a whole other situation. But if you're electing where to take money from, you really want to leave your investments alone as long as you can. Those are things that are your money engines that are going to be growing for you, and you want to leave them alone to grow and compound your wealth. That's where your wealth is going to come from, is from your money engines. Since it looks like you recently bought a home and you have money in the stock market, those are two nice money engines that are going to work for you. So try not to tap into that money if you can. The safe bet is using the cash savings And for all the reasons I already explained, I don't think you need to have a big amount of cash sitting there. It can be deceptive. And I think you've got some other things you can do to be more efficient with that, pay off your credit card debt. And I think you're going to be looking really, really good. And congratulations on the new baby. If you haven't gone over to lindapjones.com and gotten your 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth, go on over there right now and get those 11 quick things you can do to get your wealth moving in the right direction. They're so simple to do. Everybody should be putting these into practice. Go to lindapjones.com. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.